That was one of my favorite songs. Alright, well, let's start our service this morning. Are you guys ready? Uh, oh, okay. Well, let's start this morning. We're going to sing In Christ Alone to get our services started. Uh, try to put out of your mind all the things that may be going on outside, the weather and stuff like that. It's in God's hands. God's going to handle it. It's going to be okay. If the power goes out, guess what? This is an acoustic guitar, so I'll just keep playing. Amen. Just keep singing, all right? Here we go. In Christ Alone. Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still and striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. There in the ground, His body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave He rose. Giving us a place where we can stand out of the rain and just worship Him. Amen? Amen. 
Father God, we just come before you this morning and just praise your name for who and what you are. And just ask in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would put your heavenly hand upon this church today. I pray that you'll just protect the, the services, the building, the people, the cars, the stuff. But most of all, Lord, may you just protect the hearts of uh, those here from the evil one who's trying to find a way to get in. God, that we just bar the evil one from this place and may your Holy Spirit pour, it, pour itself out upon us so that when we leave here this day, we can say that we know that we know that we've been in the presence of a Most High God. Father, may your will be lifted up. May your will be done. And God, we give you all praise, honor, and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We're a little light this morning. Last week, if you wasn't here, we had a, almost a full house that came to the altar. And God was moving in this place. I, I praise God for that. I got texts afterwards even talking about how God moved that day. Let's pray that God moves every day. Amen. 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 So go and shake a hand, give somebody a hug, and tell them God's going to move in your heart today. Amen.
It seems like everything I'm touching or doing today is running late. Um, I'm forgetting computers. I'm everything's just running wild on me. But the good thing is, it's God's house, God's timing, and and we'll just do what the Lord says. That may be it as well, brother. Uh, just a few announcements, though. First of all, I'd like to to uh, lift up a praise to the Lord. Like I said, we have less people here this week than last week. Yet last week we had 35 people in Sunday school. And today we had 43 in Sunday school. So praise the Lord that God gets the glory there. And the reason why I want to lift that up, guys, because, again, I believe in Sunday school is where the real meat and potatoes, where you can get down and ask questions and great study. I would encourage everyone to come to Sunday school. I know we had extras, uh, uh, not extras, we had more folks than usual in our Sunday school class. Today we started off our video series of tactics, how to share your faith, but do so in a, not in an indoctrinated way, but in a tactical way. And it's really a great study. We did not get very far into it. Actually, only probably 15 or 20 minutes of the video itself, if that much. Uh, so I would encourage you to come next week and start that with us. And if you're coming in and you say, oh, I missed the first part, that's okay. We have the workbooks. If you read that, you pretty much read what the, the gentleman is teaching. You may have missed some of the interactory responses between the, con- between the class and I, but you can catch up quickly. So I want to encourage you, if you didn't come today and you'd still want to be a part of that study, come on in. And even if you come in in the middle, the last half's better than none. You know, it's good to have these arguments and these uh, thoughts put into our minds and into our hearts to go out and be a better ambassador for Christ. But anyway, at 43 in Sunday school day, that's pretty awesome. The only other few announcements I'm going to want to throw out right now, a staff meeting is tomorrow evening at 7 with Easter coming up and and. Other things, we're starting the year off here with all the times of things coming up. I'd like to encourage people, my staff, to be there tomorrow evening. Everyone else is welcome to as well, but the staff meeting, I'd really like our staff to be there. Uh, The only other things, the youth are going to be putting together a garage sale for a fundraiser. Now, it's going to probably be in May at some point. We have not fully negotiated a date as of yet. However, if you would like to start bringing things that you would like to donate to the garage sale. Now, that doesn't mean getting rid of the stuff that you wanted to put in the dumpster. If you've got stuff you think will actually help the youth, I want to encourage you to, to come and, and donate that. Get with Corey Montgomery, and uh, he'll work with you on that. And then the only other thing, uh, Rod and I talked about it somewhat, and we'll discuss it more in staff meeting tomorrow, tomorrow night. Remember, I have been promoting that we were going to have a big work day getting re- the church and the buildings and everything ready and repaired and get it ready for paint. Uh, that We're thinking maybe the first weekend of May is what we're tossing around in our heads right now. If that comes to be, I'll make sure to announce it from, this, from next week on. But guys, if you can come and be a part of this work day, there's so much that needs to be done uh, 
pressure washing the buildings, scraping paint, cleaning up, maybe coming in here doing the spring cleaning on the pews and the fans, the fellowship hall. There's so much that can be done. That's why we're trying to, it, it seems to be hard to get people to come to a monthly work day, but we're thinking if we have a big work day that you can put on your schedule a month out, maybe we can all come together and get a lot of, a lot of good stuff done for God's house. So be tentatively thinking about that first weekend in May. All right. I think that's enough announcements for me, Bob. You got our scripture reading this morning? Look at all them strikes. <laughs> Father God, I thank you for my brother and his willingness to come and open the scriptures for us. And I just pray, Lord, that you will just, just bless him and his family and just touch him in a mighty way. And may we hear you through him, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, brother. Lord. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but um, I think it happens to a lot of people. People set out to... Uh, read the Bible, like maybe a New Year's resolution or something like that, and then they get into, they're doing pretty good, and then they get like bogged down somewhere around Chronicles, <laughs> where it starts saying, and this one we got that one, and that one we got this one, and it's like chapter after chapter of that. But um, we serve such a great God because he hid in there like a, a great promise for us, and uh, that's what I like to share as a scripture reading today. It's in First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. And it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez and said, I gave birth to him in pain. I caused some pain for my mom too, but I think it was a little later. <laughs> but Jabez called out to the God of Israel, and he said, If only you would bless me, extend my border, let your hand be with me, and keep me from harm, so that I will not cause any pain. And God granted his request. So I think there's some really great things out of this short little scripture that we can take. First of all, it says that Jabez was more honorable than any of his brothers. So just like this verse is like muddled down in the, it seems like muck and mire of all the, he begot him and she begot him, it stands out, right? And Jabez stood out among the people. So even though we're in trying times where people aren't doing what's right, we can still stand and be accountable to God and be considered righteousness through the, through the blood of Jesus. And another thing that I think is really neat, God, this is another promise that God wants to give us the desires of our heart, that he longs for us to be happy. But there's a real, I think there's a real secret in this prayer that Jabez prayed that, that he asked that he would not do any harm to anyone else. And he asked that, um, that God's hand would be with him. And those are promises that line up with God's word, that we, we would have him to guide us and that we wouldn't do any harm to anyone else. Remember, they call it the golden rule, whatsoever you would that others would do unto you, do you also unto them likewise. So I think that it's important and it's a great model for prayer that we need to line it up with God's word when we pray. And um, if we can line our, our prayers up with God's word, we can stand on the promise of his word and know that, that he'll do it for us. I hope that um, I hope that this little prayer brings somebody a little bit of encouragement because it encouraged me when I was reading through those. <laughs> I was reading through all those um, genealogies and everything, and then this just stood out in the middle of it. Like God said, "Here, I'm going to give you this little pearl in the middle of all this to help you make it through." So let's go to the Lord in prayer, Heavenly Father, Lord God. We just thank you for the, your Word, and Father, we thank you that your Word is alive and that it speaks to us and. Thank you that it's unchanging from everlasting to everlasting. And we just pray that you continue to give us a desire to read your word and to 
build a closer relationship with you. And please be with this service and bless the people here, Lord God, and bless the pastors who brings forth the word. And just pray that you'd help us to be examples for you to a lost and dying world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're having fun today. Um, yes, we are going to play this song, ironically. But if you'll stand and sing, we're going to sing Showers of Blessing. There shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing sent from the Savior above. Showers of blessing, showers of blessings we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. There shall be showers of blessing, precious reviving again. Over the hills and the valleys, sound of the abundance of rain. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling. But for the showers we bleed, there shall be showers of blessing. Send them upon us, O Lord. Grant us to now a refreshing. Come and now honor thy word. Showers of blessing, showers of blessings we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. There shall be showers of blessing, oh that today they might fall. Now as to God we're confessing, now as on Jesus we call. Showers of blessing. Showers of blessings we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Showers of blessing, showers of blessings we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Ask God to sit for just a second and think about the song we just sang, Showers of Blessings. We got a couple of blessings I'd like to point out to you guys this morning. One of which, if you notice, the, the, the board back here behind us, for the first time in a long time, we, got a, we made budget that last month. <laughs> Hallelujah. That being said, let me remind everyone this is a new month. Remember to, your tithes and offerings are what the Lord's desired of you. But that being said, the, it was brought to my attention, we still 
those, there are some that volunteered to help sponsor some of the kids to the pre-Easter camp. If you could just annotate that on your check and drop that into the uh, tithing off, the, off, the offering boxes, the prayer and offering columns front and back. That way we can go ahead and get that done. Uh, the, other, the other thing I wanted to point out this morning is not only can we bless him in song and be blessed, but Olivia came to me last week. Wasn't it last week or the week before? Last week. And she really, I was very proud of her and how she chose to honor the Lord. And she's going to come do that for us this morning for all of us. Now, Olivia, where is she? Oh, is she back there? There she is. Come on up, baby. Can I pray with you before you do it? Okay. Father God, I thank you for this young lady, her willingness to come and share with us this morning. And may you just give her peace and let her feel your love, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm very proud of you. If a man dies, shall he live again? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquities of us all. So the chief, um, he was... So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, which one of your adults is next? <laughs> yeah. Praise God. Olivia, I am very proud of you, baby. You're an example for all of us. Thank you. Amen. And she got the message there, guys. If I don't say another word, 
You have no excuse for not accepting Christ. Amen? Thank you, baby. All right. We're going to keep singing. You can stand if you want. A couple more songs this morning. Great is the Lord, He is holy and just, by His power we trust in His love. Great is the Lord, He is faithful and true, by His mercy He proves His love. Great is the Lord, and worthy of glory, great is the Lord, and worthy of praise, Great is the Lord, now lift up your voice, now lift up your voice. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. Lord, you are great, you are holy and just. By your power we trust in your love. Lord, you are great, you are faithful and true. By your mercy you prove you are love. Great are you, Lord, and worthy of glory. Great are you, Lord, and worthy of praise. Great are you, Lord, I lift up my voice. I lift up my voice. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great is the Lord and worthy of glory. Great is the Lord and worthy of praise. Great is the Lord. Lift up your voice, now lift up your voice. Great is the Lord. Great is the
Lead me to the cross where your love fall down. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. Oh, lead me. Tempted and tried, human. The word became flesh, born my sin and death. Now you're risen, and everything I once held dear, I count it all. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. Oh, lead me. Lead me to your myself, I belong to you, lead me, lead me to the cross where your love poured out, bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down, rid me of myself, I belong to you. Oh, lead me, lead me to the cross. For us today, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Hallelujah. As you grab your seats this morning, I do not normally listen to country music purposely myself. I don't have any aversion to it, like old country. I do listen to bluegrass, but I don't listen to modern country songs very often. However, on one of my channels, this song came up, and it's been writing in my... In fact, as soon as I heard it, I I texted Sherry and Ashley, have you ever heard this song, the message in this song? And it's been with me for a month or so now, and I feel like this... I'd like you to listen to the words. It's almost four minutes long, but listen to the words of this song.
There's a light that glows by the front door Don't forget the keys under the mat Childhood stars shine Always stay humble and kind Go to church cause your mama's sister Visit grandpa every chance that you can Won't be wasted time Always stay humble and kind Hold the door, say please, say thank you Don't steal, don't cheat, don't lie I know you got mountains to climb But always stay humble and kind Why bitterness keeps you from flying Always stay humble and kind Know the difference between sleeping with someone And sleeping with someone you love I love you ain't no pickup line So always stay humble and kind try to pick that apart theologically, I guess you could. However, the, 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 the 
concept of that is stay humble and kind. And I think everything he said in there, especially the humble and kind, should pertain to Christians especially. We have been called to mimic Christ. We are to go out and be little Christ. We are to go out and be the ambassadors of Christ. And in so doing, even coming across the adversaries of Christ, we are to still represent Christ with mercy, humility, and kindness. That's what God called us to do. And I think as Christians, sometimes we forget that. Turn your Bibles this morning to Matthew 23. Matthew 23. We're going to look at a story here. This is Jesus speaking to us. And he's speaking, he's actually speaking to the Pharisees. He's speaking to the apostles. However, we can see what he's saying. And I would admit to you this morning, he's speaking to us as well. As as Christians, what we are not supposed to be. How we are supposed to act. You know, years ago, a British missionary asked the former prime minister of India, Dr. Gandhi, if he would ever consider becoming a Christian. And immediately, very quickly actually, Gandhi said, absolutely not. And the missionary asked him, why wouldn't you think about this? And Gandhi said, I've seen how the so-called Christians treat others when I was in South Africa. I saw how the Christians would do things to others and then go to their churches on Sunday. Gandhi, this English-educated man, had experienced firsthand, this was a non-violence man, but he experienced firsthand the, the ridicule, the scorn, and, and, and the mistreatment at the hands of those who afterwards would go to church. They would say that, and do all the things of the world to those that they didn't look like or agree with, and they would act like the world would act to them, but then on Sunday, get cleaned up and go to church and be self-righteous and pious like nothing ever happened, like, like this is just the, the way we are and claim to be Christians. Gandhi had seen that, and when this missionary asked him, why, why wouldn't you want to be a Christian? Gandhi said, and these are his words, he said, I like your Jesus. I do not like your Christians. They are so unlike your Jesus. And I would submit to you this morning that not only was that a shame then, because now there is a strong chance that we are not going to see Gandhi in heaven. Now, who is going to pay for that decision? He is going to have to stand accountable for his choice not to accept Christ. But I would submit to you also all those people that had the opportunity to represent Christ in his life but chose not to, they're going to stand accountable as well. We as Christians have been called to represent Christ. And in so doing, we should be humble and kind. We should be representing Christ with mercy. Bad Christians, because of their behavior, Gandhi did not embrace Christianity. And I would share with you this morning that because of the behavior of those who claim to be Christians, but yet go out and act like the world, there are many who are still not embracing Christianity. That's not what we've been called to do. How many people have been offended and turned away from the church by by what I'm going to call bad Christians? Those who could not be humble, those who could not be kind, those who who could not act the way that Christ had told them to act, therefore others rejected that Christ that they saw in that person. You may say, well, that's not fair. It's Christ who has to represent himself to them. Why should I stand accountable? Because when you took on the name of Christ, when you put yourself, the scripture says, in Christ, you are to represent Christ. They are to see Christ on you. Therefore, when you're acting like the world, I'm going to present to you that you're not actually standing in Christ at that point. 
You've chosen to put Christ in the back room of your heart and mind and represent the world. And when people see that cross, your Christian t-shirt, or you claiming to be Christian, and you're being hateful and mean and ugly because you don't like the way they dress, you don't like their bathing habits, you don't like their ideals, you don't like their worldview, whatever the object may be, when you choose to lock Christ away and become mean and hateful and ugly like the world, I would say you're not in Christ at that point. You are choosing to step out and speak from self rather than from who Christ is. Jesus told his disciples, he was speaking to his disciples there and and making sure they understand, stood, he said, you will be my witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. Folks, you and I are the disciples today, which means he's speaking to you and I as well. We are to be his witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. To be the witness of Christ, to be, as in our Sunday school this morning, Dr. Kukul mentioned, we are to be the ambassadors of Christ, means that we are to go out and represent not our ideals, but his ideals, and we should be getting so strong in those ideals that they become fully ours. Which means our anger and our ugliness and our resentment that we want to act upon upon others should be washed out by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the mercy and the grace and the humility and the kindness of Christ should come forth in our arguments and in our our relationships with the world. We are to be witnesses for Christ. It is one thing to preach and, and, and tell people about Christ, but what people need to see is Jesus in us, not just hear about him. You probably ran across people, maybe not even in Christianity, maybe it's in other subjects. They talk a good talk, but you don't see the walk. So if they're not walking what they're talking, do you put much credence in what they have to say? No. As Christians, if we're going to preach it, if we're going to teach it, if we're going to say it, then we also need to turn around and live it and walk it so that the people can see what we say, so that people can see Christ in us. We should walk as the hum- with humility. With kindness. It's okay to say yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. It's okay to hold the doors. It's okay to say please and thank you. You, Some people say, well, that's showing weakness. No, it's showing humility. I can still be just as strong and know that I have the power of the Most High God on my side and that he who dares be against me is against Christ. Because God said, who dares be against you? I am more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. I know these affirmations. I know that I am victorious. I know that I am strong. I do not have to go forth and present that to other people because I already know it. I don't have to try to lord over other people because I'm not lord. He is. I should in humility, mercy, and graciousness go and share the word of God. It's said that the body of Christ is the only body or institution that likes to go around and shoot their wounded. And I agree. More damage, I believe, has been done to the church by misbehaving or badly behaving Christians than anything else in God's kingdom. Satan sits back and says, I don't have to do this. The people are doing it for me. I don't have to interrupt that church and break that church apart. I don't have to break that family apart. I don't have to break this workplace apart. I got people who, there are people out there who claim to be Christians. They're doing a mighty fine job on their own. I don't even have to help them. Guys, that is not what God's called us to be. Just as Tim McGraw pointed out in that song there, we should be humble and kind. We should be presenting Christ that way. In in Matthew 23, Jesus was confronting the, the Jews who were behaving badly. 
He didn't let this go by. He spoke to them, and in speaking to him, and it be included in the canon of Scripture that we have in front of us, he is speaking to you and I as well. And I think we need to glean some things out of this. We like to read Matthew 23 and think, oh yeah, he's spanking those Pharisees. He's tearing up these Pharisees. Jesus was, 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 was uh, uh, talking to these men who considered themselves to be holy. These were the religious people. They were supposed to have the very words of God on their lips. These were the men that were supposed to go out and preach the, God, or the, preach the name of, of Jehovah. These were the men who were supposed to go out and represent God in his, his teachings. These are the men who are supposed to train up others. But instead, Jesus was faced with a, a, a belief system that had become riddled with traditions and misunderstandings and was absolutely depleted of mercy. Guys, the law that God has given us, the words that God has given us, He has given us those to live by, but He does so in mercy and graciousness. We serve a merciful God. Even as he hung upon the cross, he looked out and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We have this to live by. And yes, we are to share this book with others, but we are to do so in the, in the intention of showing mercy and graciousness, not beating them with it and trying to beat people into submission, but letting them see a God who can come in and change their situation, change where they're at. A God that can come in and remold where they can be and give them character again. The situation may stay the same, but you'll have strength because of the Lord that's within you. We are to do so with mercy and graciousness. It's not about the word of the law as much as it is about the mercy and grace within the laws. The Pharisees had forgotten that, or if they ever knew it. They were just out there making life difficult. They were out there being self-righteous and pious and, and going out there, look at me, I'm a, I'm a Pharisee. I am a child of the Most High God. And they didn't do it with humility. They did it with their head high and said, oh, you subservients out there. And you may say, well, that was a long time ago, preacher. I'm seeing it today with Christians, guys. So many Christians want to walk with their head in the air. Or there are so many Christians that don't care about that they're representing Christ. So they'll put on the Christian t-shirt and still go into the places and do the things that, that is of the world and say, ah, it's okay, I don't care. We've been called to represent Christ. Jesus was speaking to these Pharisees. He was looking to these people that were supposed to be lifting up his word. He was talking to these people that were supposed to show the mercy of God. And he realized that faith, had lost its way. Here was a belief system without any milk of human kindness. Here was a belief system without any of God's mercy. Can you imagine the sadness that, that, that must have been in Jesus' eyes when he had to rebuke these Pharisees? When he had to speak to these Pharisees? That knowing that these were the men that took the word and were supposed to be representing it to the people. And here's Jesus that cares about everyone. This is Jesus that would go to the prostitutes. This is Jesus that would go to the thieves. This is Jesus that would go to the hungry, the sick, the lame. This is Jesus showing the mercy of God. And then he looks to the men that God had allowed to become those preachers and sees that they've riddled it with law and, and obtrusiveness and no grace and no mercy. I can only imagine the sadness that ran in Christ. Jesus was grieved by the hypocrisy of what the, the Pharisees were presenting. Deeply saddened, if you will, by their behavior. And I would submit this morning that, I, that he is just as deeply saddened today. We should not be of that lot. 
We should be the humble and kind. We should be showing humility. We should be showing mercy and grace. Myself and the leaders of the church, especially because you guys are, are watching and listening, but I, and I understand that, but I would present to you this morning that every one of you have people watching and listening to you as well. If you've gone to school or if you've gone to your, to your workplace, you've gone wherever it is, and, they, and you speak about church on Sunday, immediately they're going to say, Oh, you go to church. And, and they may not speak it to you, but all of a sudden they're watching you. And, if, and I'm not telling you that you've got to go out there and be fake. What I'm telling you is let God rule and reign. If you say, oh, yeah, I went to church on Sunday, and then become that mean, hateful spirit when your waitress comes to your table and accidentally spills the coffee, or the, wait, the waiter comes to your table and, and didn't get your order right. You went to the auto parts, and they gave you the wrong part. And rather than going in and say, hey, man, what, what happened? We need to figure this out. You go in there yelling and screaming and putting them on the defensive. Why don't we just be humble and kind, gracious and merciful? I'm not saying roll over and play dead. God never rolled over and played dead. He died on that cross for you and I, and even that was a mighty sacrifice. But what I'm saying is there's a way to get things done and a way to live to be an ambassador for Christ rather than acting like the world. And that's what we'll see here. In, in Matthew, that I know he's speaking a long time ago, but I'm going to submit that it's to the 21st century as well. There's several lessons in this, this speaking here when he was talking to the Pharisees. This is red letter. But in Matthew 23, let's look at the first four verses real quick. Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples. The scribes and the Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses. Listen to what he says here. This is sad. Therefore, do whatever they tell you and observe it. But don't do what they do because they don't practice what they teach. They tie up heavy loads that are hard to carry and put them on people's shoulders. But they themselves aren't even willing to lift a finger to move them. Now, let's stop there just a minute. Think about that. Jesus is exposing these Pharisees. They tie up these heavy loads and and place them on the shoulders of these men. And they tie up all these laws, all these burdens, all these rituals. And they pile it on these people, but then they don't do anything to help alleviate it. They don't show any mercy. They don't show any mercy or grace. The principle here, guys, is if we really want to be a bad Christian, then go out there and make your Christianity a burden on other people. Make yourself holier than thou. But show that, that pride and, and, and mean spiritedness to others. Go out there and say, look what I have attained in Christianity. Don't you wish that you could be here? This is what you need to do. You don't do this, you don't do this, you can't do that, you won't do this, you won't do this, you do this, don't do that. And then you might attain the holiness that I have. Now what person's going to want to hear that? Oftentimes we tell people who are seeking salvation that they have to go through all these different kinds of works before they can be saved. Folks, let me tell you this morning, all a person has to do is come to Christ and say, Father, forgive me, I realize I am a sinner, I realize you died for me, and I just choose life over death. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life, wash me, cleanse me, and make me yours. All they have to do is surrender their heart to Christ. They don't have to change their clothes right then. They don't have to quit their bad habits right then. What needs to happen is accept Christ, and then you know what goes on? Christ cleans them up. Trying to tell people to clean up before they come to Christ is not of God. Telling people, well, you have to change this, do this, do this, do that, do this, and then maybe God will accept you. That's not what Jesus said. Whomsoever believes in their heart and in their mind and professes with their mouth, so shall they be saved. 
But yet we tie up all these rules and regulations and pile it on their shoulders. Some people who are weighed down by guilt will do anything that you tell them to try to be saved. And therefore, you have people stuck in this drudgery, tied with all these things, trying to do on their own the things that God wants to help them to do. Folks, Jesus, I believe, is going to call us into account for the things that we we have told others and make others do when we could have walked down there and helped them through it. Rather than going and, and picking a brother up and saying, hey, I'm going to help you through this. If you will accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but as you do so, I want to help you in this situation. I want to pray for you. I want to love you through this. If we will go out there and lift a finger for it, that's Christianity. But when we just talk down to them and never even try to help, and we put our hand up and just walk away, we're one of those Pharisees that God said, do as they say, but don't do as they do. Heaven forbid that we stand before God one day and he says, you said the right things, but man, the way you acted just wasn't very representative of who I am. I would rather hear, well done now, good and faithful servant. Then what in the world were you thinking? Look at verse 5. He goes on here. They do everything to be observed by others. They enlarge their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love the place of honor at banquets, the front seats in the synagogues, meetings in marketplaces, excuse me, greetings in marketplaces, and to be called rabbi by people. But as for you, do not be called rabbi, because you have one teacher, and you are all brothers and sisters. Do not call anyone on earth your father, because you have one father who is in heaven. And do not be called master either, because you have one master, the Messiah. The greatest amongst you will be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Again, Jesus is exposing the Pharisees here. He says, everything they do is for men to see. They enlarge their phylacteries. Now, you may not know what a phylactery is. The the Pharisees would wear these hoods, and the phylacteries were these slates that they would put on their forehead that had scriptures on them. And they would walk around showing these scriptures on their forehead. Well, some of these Pharisees, they would go and they'd have people special make phylacteries wider and wider so they could say, look at me, I know more scripture than you do. Can you imagine a a fashion contest of the day who had the widest phylactery on their head? Now, God knows what we know in our hearts. He knows what we have consumed. He knows who we are inside. When we start trying to wear it as a plate on the front of our head, when we start trying to enlarge it for others to see, we're not showing the graciousness of God. We're showing our own pride. We're not in humility saying Christ is the way. We're telling others, look at me, rather than look at Christ. When we go out and pridefully say, oh, I do this at the church, I do that, I do this, and look at me, I'm the best teacher, I'm the best speaker, I'm the, I'm, I do this, I wear the right clothes, I drive the right car, you're bringing attention to yourself rather than to God. And God said those who are, are, are prideful, they will be humbled one way or the other. But he who is humble... He who is humble shall be exalted. Where is the humility? And where is God being exemplified when we go out and just talk about ourselves? When we go out and try to show others how well we can dress? When we go out and try to show others what kind of car we can drive? When we try to show up, to go out there and just want the accolades of man? Guys, that's not why we're here. 
The meaning of life is not to go out and see how many accolades you can get from someone else. The meaning of life is to get up, accept Christ, and go forth and proclaim the word of God and further the kingdom of God so that when this life is over, as David said, it's but a vapor, on the other side of glory, we can sit back and hear God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You brought these folks into my path. Or you just lived the righteous life and people were able to to see you and people were able to imitate you and understand who I was. Whatever it may be, guys, we need to show humility and kindness. We don't need to be like these these Pharisees that Jesus saw that would go out and say things, but act differently. Go out and bring attention to themselves rather than to God. We're to be humble and kind. The principle there is very obvious. If you want to be that bad Christian, it's serve and, and claim to be a Christian only to be seen and heard. There are folks out there that they, they claim Christianity, they put the little fish on their business card just to try to get other people, Christians, to accept and do business with them. Oh, you know, I, I don't really know God, but if I put this little scripture verse on the bottom, and I called people on that. It's amazing that, in fact, I, I was outside of a gun show one time, and there was a table there for the KKK, and their, their card was there, and he had a scripture verse on the bottom. I said, what? I don't see how this verse represents what, you're, what you say you represent. He didn't ever even knew what that verse was. He didn't even know it came out of the Bible. Somebody told him that's what he should have on his business card. If you call that business, his, his thing, his, I guess business card. Anyway, when we do things out of our pride, guys, when we do things because we want to be seen, regardless of how noble it may seem, You may say, well, I am an incredible Sunday school teacher. And you teach Sunday school because you want others to see it. When you do it out of pridefulness, when you do it because you want others to acknowledge how great of a teacher you are, even though you may say, but it's a noble thing, I'm teaching Sunday school. When you are doing it to to bring accolades to yourself rather than God, you've missed the boat. You've missed the boat. We're to be humble and kind. We're to do things, even the noble things, in humility. Giving God the glory. Exemplifying Christ. Verse 13, notice what he says here. He goes on and says, But woe to you, you scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. You catch that? Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. You lock the kingdom of heaven from people. Listen to this now. I think there's churches today. You lock the kingdom, excuse me, you lock up the kingdom of heaven from people or you don't go in and you don't even allow those who are seeking it to enter in. Jesus is exposing these Pharisees again. He's, he's showing that they have done something that has incredibly broken his heart. You shut up the kingdom of heaven right in men's faces and you yourselves aren't willing to go in and therefore you won't let others go in either. Folks, you may say, oh, I would never do that. I would never block the doors of a church. I would never put some way out there where people couldn't come in, the people who are seeking God's grace. I would submit to you, when we go out and act like the world does, when we go out and are mean and hateful and ugly, you've blocked the doors to the church. When one day you go and say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian and, every, and, and I serve God, and then you go out on Monday and you act as the world does and be hateful and mean to other people, why are they going to want what you have? When we act self-righteous 
and hateful, we've barred the church. And I would submit to you that that is scriptural. In Revelation chapter 3, it speaks of the church that has become the social club. It is a church. It has a steeple on the top, but God is locked outside of that church. And I would say that we are in that day today. There are many churches that are locking the doors, not physically, but spiritually. There's a story of, a, of the beggar who, he, he, he didn't smell real well. There, he was... Uh, he had a lot of issues, but he mustered up the courage one day to go to church. He mustered up the courage to go and, and ask for prayer. He remembered how when he was young, his mama would take him to church. So he goes and hadn't had a bath in a long time. His, his, his clothes were grubby. He had a, a, a limp from a mini stroke he had while he was out on the streets. And he gets there, and he, and, he, and he limps in, and he makes his way to the front. And he gets there right at the time of invitation. And so everybody's standing, and he walks down that center aisle, he gets to the pastor and he, you know, he, he bravely looks up because he, he hadn't been in a church in so long. And he looks up at this, this pastor and while he's doing this to ask for prayer, there's people who are covering their eyes that are children. They don't want to see this dirty guy walking down the aisle. There's others who are just averting their gaze. They, don't even, they just want to avoid the situation. And maybe there's people who are just absolutely glaring at him. But he gets to the front and he wants to, to ask for prayer. And about that time, the ushers come and grab him and walk him outside and get him out of the church. Now, this man's sitting on the steps of the church. He's, he's broken. He's, he, he, he's confused. He's rejected. What's he going to do? He sits on the steps of that church, and he begins to cry and don't know where to go. And about that time, Jesus walks up to him, sits down there and says, don't feel bad. They kicked me out a long time ago. Folks, there's a lot of people who have kicked Christ out with their actions. They claim to be Christians. They wear the right clothes. They might even say the right things, but he's not in here. Therefore, they don't act the way Christ would have them to act. How many churches today, and I pray we never become one, but when I say church, I'm not talking about this physical building. How many groups of people out there call themselves Christians today that avert their eyes from that homeless guy, from that person of a different color, from a different uh, financial situation, from a, a, a different ideology? Rather than going and sharing Christ, they'd rather avert their eyes or, or, or openly glare. But in reality, we're in humble and mercy, merciful to go and share the gospel. I pray, regardless of whoever comes into this house, no, I'm going to extend that. Whoever comes to any one of our houses, I pray that when they come in, that we will be humble and kind and let them see the love of Christ. Well, they're being mean and hateful, or they need to change this. They need That may be, but you know who's going to change it? Not you. It'll be Christ. So first, they need to know who God is. Share Christ. One more passage here. Jesus exposed the Pharisees in verse 23. He says, Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. You pay a tenth of mint, dill, and cumin, yet you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These things, you sh- these things should have been done without neglecting the others. You blind guides. You strain out a gnat, but gulp up a camel. You hear that, folks? You have neglected the more important matters of the law. And I think that's where we fall into that trap that Satan has set. We, we'll memorize scripture. We'll memorize how we're supposed to act, but we forget the justice, mercy, 
and faithfulness. We know the, the word of the law, but we forgot the heart, the spirit of the law, which is justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And then Jesus says something kind of funny. You, you strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. The principle here is that, that you tear down God's kingdom because you, you make a big deal out of all these small matters and you ignore the most important thing. Yes, she may need to wear something a little more covering. Yes, they may need to clean up the way they act in this situation. Yes, they need to change these vices that they have. Yes, they may need to do this or they may need to do that. But the most important matter of all is to show mercy, graciousness, and kindness and share the gospel and let God clean them up. That's what Jesus was saying. You Pharisees, you got the law down. But you're not representing me. You're not representing my father. John Wesley once quoted a very godly man. I, I, I could go into who John Wesley is if you don't know, but right now for these purposes, just his quote. And it's a very important quote that we all should know and very simple. He's in essentials, there should be unity. In non-essentials, liberality. But in all things, charity. Charity meaning love. In other words, there's some things you can't compromise. Jesus is the way. But in everything else, show a little liberalism. Show that you, you know what, God still loves you. And in mercy, graciousness, and love, justice, mercy, and faith, as Christ said, share the gospel with them. That's who cleans them up. We're to be humble and kind. And we do it through the blood of Jesus Christ. There's plenty of people out there who claim to be Christians, guys, who have forgotten that. They were here. They were the leaders of the church. And Jesus said, oh, woe unto you, you scribes, you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You stand on the word of the law, but you don't know the important parts of justice, mercy, and faith. You strain out of the gnat to gulp down a camel. How sad that is. Folks, Jesus wants us to be like him. That takes commitment. It takes knowing Christ. It takes time. But that is meaning getting on our knees and saying, Jesus, here I am. I I want to be like you. To be like Jesus means to walk like him. It's not about religion. Brian brought that up in Sunday school this morning. There's all kinds of religions. And a true Christianity is not a religion, guys. It's not about repetitively doing the same things over vainly. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as we grow in our love for God, you know what's going to happen? The love of God's going to grow in us for our neighbor. And John pointed out in Thursday night sermon when he preached Thursday night, who is our neighbor? Everyone that God brings into your contact. Not sure if I said it like John did, but that's who our neighbor is, guys. We're to show mercy, grace, and faith. That's being like Jesus. We need to learn to love like Jesus. These Pharisees here, they were religious people. I will never say they weren't religious. But they forgot the important parts of the Scripture. To be unselfish. To be honest. To be humble. To be kind. Most of the things on that song. Praise God if you go to church because your mama told you to. But I hope because she told you to, you've accepted Christ. And now you come because Jesus said to. But guys, may we come and be what God's called us to be. 
The more we get good at being who Jesus called us to be, unselfish, honest, humble, and kind, the greater we'll love others. It's easy to be a bad Christian. All we have to do is be religious. Come to church every Sunday, do this, do that, do that, repetitively. Well, let's be what God's called us to be. This morning, I pray that we will stay humble and kind. Let the world see the mercy of God in our actions. And if God tells you to share the law, share the law. He tells you to share a passage of Scripture. Somebody share that passage of Scripture. But you can do so with mercy, graciousness, and faith. Now, I was that Pharisee at one point. I was that one that would beat people with the Bible. I was that one that thought, I'm I'm the Lord over people and beat them into submission with my arguments. No. No. It's kind of like the Sunday school class that we've started. It's not about hurting others. It's about sharing the love of Christ. Where are you this morning? I pray that you are not one of those Pharisees. And if you are, and you realize, you know, I have been telling people what to do and doing other. I have been piling works on people and not lifting a finger to help them out of it. I have been going out and doing things so others will give me the accolades and pat me on the back and tell me what I'm doing. I am that one that's kind of taking mercy out of the equation. That's you this morning. The great thing is you can take it to Christ today. Say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned and fallen away and I've been holding to the mountain, to the camel, and I forgot the grace that you've shown me. See, one thing we need to always remember, I, I, I don't care if you've had a almost perfect childhood and a perfect life. It is still only by the grace of God that you are saved. Whether you are the, the vilest sinner there was, or you have a hard time ever even telling a little white lie, the only way into God, the only way into heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ, by His mercy. And when we remember that I have the mercy of Christ spoiled upon me, and I now get to enjoy eternity, then I need to remember that mercy when I share it with others. Where are you this morning? Now, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and maybe somebody's presented him to you like that big man in the sky with a beard and a lightning bolt, and you have to get your act together before you step into his presence, I want to tell you this morning that he loves you just as you are. Well, I've been in church all my life. I've been religious. If I walk the aisle now, people will say, I've been faking it. Let them say whatever they're going to say. Step into the presence of your God. God will deal with them. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He loves you. He cares for you. And just as little Olivia shared a while ago, He died for our transgressions. He was pierced for our iniquities. But He rose again for our victory. He loves you. Wherever you stand in that relationship today, you can choose to walk out of here with a commitment. You may say, well, I'm just not a humble and kind person. Practice. Practice stepping out of the way and letting God speak. Practice letting Christ come before you speak. We had a men's Bible study a while back that one of the things it taught was it's okay to be angry. But you need to stop. Is this anger of the Lord or is it of me? And if it's of me, get out of the way and let God come back.
And if it is of the Lord, go out and speak to it in the way Christ would, with mercy. This morning, let's all stand. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. You can pray right where you're at. You can come down to this altar. You can come, I'll pray with you. You may want to go across the aisle and grab a brother or sister and say, pray with me. I am that mean and hateful person. I'm that person that has not stepped up and been where I was supposed to be. It's okay. We're a family. And you know what a family does? Brothers and sisters, they go and talk to each other. And sometimes it may not be pretty. But it's better to get it out into the light and let God deal with it there than to hold it in the dark where Satan can torment you. It's easier to come clean and just let Christ wash you. It may be a hard few minutes. maybe a hard day. But when you go to bed that night, you can close your eyes and say, Father God, I did what you called me to do. There's some people that's angry with me now. There's people that have to accept what I was, but I know you've accepted me for who I am. That may be you this morning. Now, please, understand like Paul said, what I'm telling you is not a license to go and sin. What it is is a call to just repent and turn to him today. As we pray. Father God, I come before you this morning. I thank you that you've given us the strength to be able to be humble and kind. You've given us the ability not to be mean and hateful to, to those around us. You've given us the capability to show humility. Father, it would behoove us to, to stop and just put our lives fully in your hands. The more, even, even after all these years, I find myself, Lord, more and more stepping into your grace and your glory. And the more I learn the more I realize just how militant and mean I could have been. God, may your mercy not just shine upon me, but everyone in this congregation, everyone that's listening by radio, everyone on a YouTube video, everyone on the, the, the computer thing, Lord, anyone who hears these words, may they not hear me, but hear you, forgiving and also your strength in going out and being a person of mercy, humility. <coughs> kindness. God, touch us in a mighty way this day so we can leave this place changed to be more like you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. This altar will be open as the guys back here lead us in song. You can sing if God's telling you to sing. Sit and pray. Get on your knees and pray. Prostrate and pray. Whatever God's telling you to do, let's not leave out of here being one of those Pharisees where God says, woe unto you. I'd much rather hear, well done, now good faithful servant, than woe unto you. But your choice. As we sing, guys. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. He has washed it and made it white as snow. If you know that, and you believe that, and you realize the grace and the mercy that had to come through faith to let you realize that, then go out and live with that same grace and mercy and faith in Christ. It'll make your day go a lot better. The things that used to make you so angry, you'll just look at it and say, eh, don't get it, and move on, and move on. It's easy to get flustered. It's hard to turn to Christ. But if you will learn to turn to Christ, you'll find yourself less often getting flustered. I don't know how that equation works. It's a God thing, but it works.
it works. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Uh, you know, we have not had night church in like weeks. Uh, I don't know who all got to make it to the Passion Play last week. We were, we by luck just happened to sit in the bleachers that was right at the cross. Um, so we worked out great for Sherry and I. Uh, but it was a, a neat event. But we did miss night church last week. So I don't even really remember exactly where we are in, in, the, in, the, in the book of Joel. But we're going to gather this evening. We'll gather together at 6 o'clock tonight if you want to come and be a part of that. And I'll have to look at my apologetics Bible because I truly can't remember where we're at. But we'll, we'll, we'll knock it out. We'll, we'll get on it. The best thing is we'll have some fellowship tonight and study God's Word if you want to come and be a part of that. And also, remember to lift up your praises. As I've been preaching, I've been watching... The sun's been shining. I did not hear one little piece of hail fall the whole time we were here. Don't know what happened to that storm. If it broke over us or what, we'll find out later. But I don't know if you know, the sun's been shining in our windows ever since we prayed earlier. We serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Uh, Brian, will you close us in prayer this morning, brother?